Good morning, Somos Community Church. Welcome. It's good to have you listening with us this morning. We miss you dearly. Um, I say we, that'd be me and the the mice here in the church. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's great to connect with you on a Sunday morning and uh, get to listen to some music together, sing together, and and hear a great message from our pastor. I'm I especially a, it's a privilege to be able to speak to you this morning on on Mother's Day morning. We hope that each of you who are mothers uh, are have a blessed day and that you are, have time to spend with your children and at least speak to them even if it's going to be on um over the internet or Zoom or whatever. Um it's a it's we we're looking forward in our home to uh, spending time with our grandkids and our children uh and mom. So it's going to be a great time. So anyway, join with us as we sing together. These songs of uh, songs that uh, Cindy, our pastor's wife, has selected, and we hope that you are able to enjoy them and be blessed as you sing with us.
heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see those songs. They mean a great deal to all of us, and I'm sure to you as well. We want to, again, wish a happy and, and beloved day for our, our mothers, and uh, it's a special day for them. We um, are this morning actually are very uh, in prayer, have been in prayer actually all day yesterday, Saturday, and today, uh, praying for uh, Olivia Fulkerson's mom, Irene, she um, was in surgery for a broken hip yesterday, and we uh, pray for her speedy recovery, as we do for so many of you. If you um, honor us by giving us your prayer requests, we pray for you, and we remember you in prayer. I want to pray now for our pastor, Gary, who's going to bring the message and ask that you uh, join me in this prayer. Lord, we, we thank you for... This church, we thank you that we can have a pastor who is committed to knowing our hearts and our needs and the needs of our community and who prepares messages each week specifically tailored for our needs and what we need to know about you. We pray that you'd give him wisdom and remembrance of everything that he's prepared this week. May his words, through the power of your Holy Spirit, change our lives and make us and mold us into your image, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all our moms. We want to know we love you, and we pray that you feel blessed today and honored. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Numbers, book of Numbers. When I was in college, my roommate and I decided to get lunch at a Burger King drive through we placed our order, and we had proceeded to the window to get our lunch. As we moved closer to the takeout window, my roommate's Ford Fairlane stalled, and it wouldn't start. He had ran out of gas. We were going nowhere. What, what do you do when you run out of gas in a drive through Well, uh, you're not going to get your food to go, that's for sure because our tank was empty. 
As a mother or a parent, there are times when you're trying to run on empty. Your tank has been sucked dry. There's nothing else to give. You know you must keep going forward. Many mothers may feel overloaded or overwhelmed as we are advised to stay at home. We're living in a unique season of life where we can easily feel depleted. You're spent. You may feel numb. You're drained, and you're looking for the drain plug. Today, I want to give you three truths that will move us from running on empty to topping off our tank. From empty to full and even running over. Now, please listen carefully as I give biblical truths that will keep our tanks filled. But first, I want you to consider consider that there are two different fundamental approaches to life. Listen, this is important. See, you can view life with the mindset that I am constantly living at the poverty level. That I never have enough. That there is always a need for more. Or we can choose to live an approach to life that I am blessed with more than I need. You see, living in a state of poverty says, I don't have enough. Even a person of great wealth can even live their life in a poverty state believing they don't have enough. I need more than what I have. Whether you are rich or you are barely getting by, you can have a mindset of living in a state of poverty. I need bigger and better. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I'm lacking knowledge. I'm missing opportunities. I don't have the latest iPhone. I need a newer car. I I need more cars. I need a bigger garage. Living life on the poverty level is not about what I do have, but it is a focus on what I don't have. These two different outlook on life are clearly seen over and over again in the Bible. Let's see this in the book of Numbers. Israel's in bondage, being abused by the nation of Egypt. They are literally slaves. Of course, that would be free labor for the Egyptians. And God sends Moses to rescue the Israelites from the terrible condition of slavery. Then God takes them on a journey to a land that he promised to give them. The journey to which God had led them and promised them this this land is a great example for our journey as a believer. Here's what happens in the story. After fleeing Egypt and, and rescued by God, they come to the edge of the promised land, and we come to Numbers chapter 13. It tells us that they sent out 12 spies or 12 men one from each tribe of Israel, to check out the land and report back what they found. In Numbers 13, we read the report from the 12 spies, starting in verse 25. After exploring the land of 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that had 
they had taken from the lamp. This was their report to Moses. We entered in the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a beautiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. Goes on, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And he says, let's go out at once and take the land. And he said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. And they said this, they said, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Now, folks, did you see the difference Did you see the two different views of life? Those who said we have more than enough. Caleb said, let's go conquer. We got this. God is on our side. God is leading us. He has promised us this. We are blessed with more than we need. His tank was full. He is saying, Caleb said, let's move forward. Caleb was energized. Then there were those who said, there are giants in the land. You know, we're lacking in size, strength, maybe experience. We don't have enough. We don't have what it takes as they focus on what they lacked, how empty their tank was. You see, there are those who said we have been blessed with more than enough, and then there are those who said we do not have enough. One group looked at the bottom of the half of the glass and considered that they were blessed, and the other looked at the top of the glass and said, look what is missing. My friend, we can view life as if God is keeping something from us. Or we can choose to believe God has abundantly And I say again, abundantly blessed us more than enough. This is what Jesus said in John 10.10. Jesus said, the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus makes this bold proclamation. He says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Paul, writing to the great church there in Ephesus, it says in verse 20, Chapter 3, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. The have-nots have not because they are focusing on the limited resources. I don't have the time. I'm lacking energy. I don't have the experience. 
I have never been a mother before. I've never tried to raise teenagers. I've never taught geometry to my son. And this view of life results in feeling drained and overtaxed, feeling of constant inadequacy, always behind. Something's missing. I'm missing now. That there is never enough. The absence of confidence is there. Feeling that I don't have what it takes. Listen, God doesn't want you to live a life feeling defeated and depleted, that you never measure up, that you are misfit or you were cheated in life. Listen, here is how God wants his children to live, that I am blessed abundantly more than I need. You know, today, wearing a mask has been a common thing. Everyone looks like they're up to no good. <laughs> uh, 30 years from now, our children are going to view photos of this period and, and say, what were you guys trying to hide? <laughs> Have you ever worried that the person breathing six feet away from you was stealing your air to breathe? Of course not. Why, why are we not worried about it? Because we believe there is an abundance of air for everyone to breathe. We don't worry about taking our next breath because of a lack of air. It's abundantly. You don't worry if there's going to be enough air because there's enough for everyone. God wants us to view our lives like this. That God has unlimited resources. That he has blessed me more than what I need. May I remind you that our good shepherd said in Psalms chapter 23 that he promised we would lack nothing. The good shepherd promised that. He said that he would lead us to a place of green pastures and still waters, that he promises to give us all that we need. And no matter what happens in life, we do not have to be fearful or to be anxious, that we can be comforted despite the circumstances, that our good shepherd has prepared a table filled with abundance, that he has anointed us. His blessings have been poured out upon the top of our head, and it covers every part of our lives. And we can boldly say, God has topped off my tank. My life is full. It is so full that it is spilling over onto others. This mindset that I am blessed more than I need is an outlook on God. It's not my weaknesses that I'm viewing. It's not my shortage. It's not what I don't have. It's God's strength. It's his ability. It's what he has that's going to get me through this. My friend, is this true of you? Is this how... We view our lives. You say, Pastor Gary, how do I live a life with a full tank? What do I do when my soul is empty and I have nothing left to give? 
when I felt beat down. I want to give you three points this morning that will keep your meter towards the full mark. Three points that will help us. And I hope you write these down, take a mental note of. First of all, number one, we must. There's just no option. You cannot pass this. You cannot uh, pass this point. You must stay connected to Jesus every day. Jesus put it like this, and I'm going to read it out of the message. John 15, he says, he says, Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you cannot produce a thing. Anyone who separates, anyone who separates from me is deadwood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Oh, my friend, stay connected to Jesus every day. This verse simply said, says when you cut a branch from a tree, that branch will die. It will not produce fruit, has lost its source of life and power. And if you and I go through life on our own power, our own resources will be limited, we'll feel inadequate, your tank will be empty. A toaster cannot fulfill its post its purpose unless it's plugged into the power. A vacuum cleaner cannot fulfill its purpose unless it is plugged into the power. Listen, our purpose cannot be fulfilled unless we're plugged into the power. If we're disconnected from the branch, we will shrivel up and die. You're going to feel empty and depleted. Jesus says you have to stay connected to me. We can't branch off. We can't do our own thing. We'll die. We'll be depleted. You cannot do anything without the strength of God. Jesus says, remain connected with me. How do you stay connected with Jesus? It's a great question. What is it that connects us with God? Well, first of all, you have to know that you're a child of God. Jesus came, was born of a virgin, lived a holy, godly life for 33 years here upon the earth, and he went to the cross. His final words said, it is finished. And what that meant is that salvation, the means to come to God, the Father through Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death, gave us the hope, gave us the bridge took us from our sinful condition to a place of righteousness through what Christ has done. You have to know Jesus personally. The Bible talks about being born again, being saved. That must happen if you're going to connect with Jesus. And once you connect with Jesus, we're to spend time in his word every day. We just can't talk about reading the word We've got to be in the Word. 
talking to God, communicating, sharing your heart, investing in that relationship every day, walking with Jesus through life together. You do whatever it takes to make that relationship with Jesus healthy and vibrant. It's important for us to stay connected with Jesus or else we'll dry up. He promises that we'll have fruit when we're plugged into his life, into him. Your life will be successful. The more you stay connected with Jesus, the more fruit you produce. It's as simple as that. So my friend, stay connected with Jesus every day. Number two, to fill our tank, we, we stay in a... It's important for us to stay in a mode of being grateful. Have a spirit of thankfulness, to to live thankful. You know, going back to the Israelites, their downfall was that they were ungrateful in how God had delivered them and blessed them. And gave the Israelites so many promises, yet they were constantly thinking on what they didn't have. They complained to God 14 different times. They complained about what wasn't there, what, what should have been there. They complained about Moses. They, they, before they got to the promised land, they were a people that complained. You know, the thing that we need to do when we're thinking about being grateful and thankful. So we've got to first stop complaining. Don't be a complainer. Don't be like the children of Israel and complaining what is lacking and be thankful what God has given you. Start your day with the gratitude that will change your attitude to a place of feeling blessed that God in my life is more than enough. Again, Paul writes to the church at Colossians, he said in chapter 2, verse 7, let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all God has done. God truly has blessed you, my friend. Don't miss seeing that. Make your life a life of thankfulness, being grateful for all that he has done for us. So we stay connected with Jesus and stay in the mode of being thankful. And number three, if we want to have our tank full, we want to go through life with our tank full and overflowing, this is an important truth. It's this. Number three, stay content with what you have. Don't be discontent with what you don't have. I mean, stay content with what you have, what God has given you. Listen, parents, God has blessed you with all that you need to be a great parent or a great grandparent. You have what it takes. God has given you everything that you need to go forward as you lean into him. So there's a key to this in learning to be content. And this key is stop comparing. Paul said this in the church of Corinth. We had had a lot of struggles in this church, being divisive and 
uh, problems of Paul's writing, some corrections and things. And, and then he says in chapter 10, verse 12, 2 Corinthians 4, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. He said, we do not compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We're not to compare ourselves with each other. That's not wise. Another version calls it foolish to do this. It's not wise to compare yourself with each other. And there are two reasons for this. First, we will always find someone who has more than we have. I mean, they look better. Their hair is right. Their kids are on the honor roll. Another parents brag about their kids being so smart that they entered college right out of grade school. You know, uh, one parent may say, well, my kid knows 20 languages, you know, in their eighth grade. I, yeah. Goes on and on. There's always going to be somebody that will do something better or have more than yourself. So it is foolish to compare what you have with others. That's a recipe for discontent. Listen, God has made us all different, and we're gifted as He sees fit in our own unique way. So be content with what God has given. And God certainly doesn't make mistakes, and he didn't make a mistake with how he made you and what he has given you. So don't compare with what you have with others. Stop the comparison. And secondly, if we compare, we will always feel discouraged as you will never be like someone else. It's a dead end. It's something that you can never attain. You, you can't. You can try to be, but you're never, because you're you. You're one of a kind. So don't try to be like someone else. Be yourself and celebrate. Be thankful. Be blessed what God has given you, who you are, how he has made you, and what you have. I have known some very rich people in my lifetime. And I believe they would tell you that what they have doesn't bring them happiness. We think that if we have more of something, we're better at something, that that's going to bring us happiness. Listen, that doesn't. Why? Because if you haven't learned to be content with what you have, you won't be content with just a little bit more or a little bit more, or a little bit more. The most blessed person in our world is the individual who can say, I have learned to be content with what I have. You know, Cindy and I have had more money than we presently do. We've had better homes, better living conditions, better whatever in our lives than we have right now. 
And I'm going to tell you, honestly, my friend, we consider ourselves in the most affluent time of our lives. We truly feel rich, and yet we don't have much. Our hearts are full, and I would say even overflowing in how God has taken care of us and supplied and given us the experiences, the people that we know and what we have and what he has done in us and through us. We feel very blessed. And we, and we know this is because of our daily connection with Jesus, the relationship that we have with Jesus. And we are choosing a lifestyle of being grateful and thankful. We are contented with what God has given us. Are you tired of running out of energy, feeling overwhelmed, inadequate, that you don't measure up, that you look at what you have and you say it isn't enough? Mother, are you beating yourself up thinking that you're not a good mom? Listen, I want you to take this challenge of these three points and make them a way of life and start seeing your tank being topped off and even overflowing. Would you pray with me right now? Would you apply this message to your heart, to your life? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I am tired of living on an empty tank. I want to live the abundant life that Jesus said is mine. Father, I want to stay connected to Jesus for he is the source for the power and the strength for my life. Today, I will commit to reading your word. I will spend time every day thinking about you, meditating on your word and who you are and what you mean to me. I will share what is on my heart through prayer. I will choose to live a life of prayer and worship of you. God, with your help, I will grow my relationship with you. My connection will be a strong, vibrant connection. And God, from this day forward, I'll live my life in a mode of thankfulness, always being grateful for what I do have. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll learn to be joyfully content in how you have made me and blessed me. Father, I rejoice in my connection with you. I am grateful for all that you have done for me, and I'm peacefully contented my present condition. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And again, my friend, if you've never opened up your life to Jesus Christ, you can say a prayer of words like this. 
I'm tired of living my way, living for myself. I, I want to learn to trust you, Jesus. I want my life to be so full. Help me to trust you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I pray that you have a great Mother's Day. Remember to honor your mother if she's still alive. Or maybe there is another mother in your life that you could bless and uh, call them or pray for them. If we can be of any help to you, please let us know. And we love you. And we want you to know that God loves you and you are blessed beyond your imagination. We'll see you next time.
Worthy is the King.